Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 94. How's everybody doing tonight? This is where you guys say things. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we say words? Words and things. This was not in the script, I'm sorry. No, no, it wasn't there. We have a script? What? I thought we were always unscripted. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what the script says. <laughs> that's true. So, as you can hear, we have a uh, a, a special guest joining us tonight from uh, bloodydisgusting.com, formerly of uh, PlayStation Unchained where I met the man, um mm-hmm. Neil Bolt. Welcome to the Hello. show, Neil. Hello, welcome to me. I'm great to be here and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, sir? Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, as you mentioned, I used to host PlayStation Unchained, and of course, that's where I heard a lot about Final Fantasy fourteen, thanks to Ben, of course. Yeah, every week. Every I've week. I've never talked about Final Fantasy fourteen ever. Never. <laughs> never. Never, never. <laughs> never, ever. Um, no. Yeah. And now, um, nowadays, I am video games editor at Bloody Disgusting, which is a horror site primarily. It's an idea on horror video games and... Uh, you know, obviously do articles on that based on horror games, games with horror elements, things that can be disturbing even in Pokemon, as we found in recent times. So, yeah, it's definitely my kind of niche for things. You know, I like that about it, and uh, it's been a fun time in that regard. So many of you out there listening might be asking yourselves, why the hell did we invite a guy who writes for a, a horror site to come on to a Final <laughs> Fantasy podcast? Well, Klaus, why did we invite a guy who writes for a horror site to come onto a Final Fantasy podcast? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> that felt natural. <laughs> I know. I, I've, I've worked out. It's because we're going to announce that Silent Hill crossover event. Oh, right? dear. <laughs> I know people who would be very down for this, but please no. Yeah, I think I'll... I, thanks for the offer, I'll but I'll have to pass. Unlockable pyramid head outfit. No. It's because Mr. Neil Bolt, uh, not too long ago, started playing Final Fantasy XIV. Apparently, all of Ben's talking about it finally got to him, and he had to figure out what the hell this game was really about. <laughs> and and we, it worked. He finally broke me down. Yes. Yay. He, he couldn't stop dreaming about Final Fantasy XIV. Yoshi. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not quite that bad, I'm sure. Uh, no. I'd have to sleep for that to be a problem. But tonight we're going to be discussing uh, with Neil uh, what his thoughts are on the game and maybe see if we can come up with an answer to the question, is Final Fantasy XIV worth starting right now, six years after the relaunch? Oh my God, has it been that long? It has. Uh, It was was, uh, 2013 when uh, Realm Reborn came out. No, Uh, you're right. Man, that's weird. So... We're going to be talking about that in our discussion topic. But uh, first, before we go on, we also do have a Sarah and a Chili joining us. Thanks again for stopping by, guys. Woo! What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? I played a lot of Monster Hunter. Seriously, I was up until 3 a.m. like looking through uh, bow upgrades, and I didn't even notice. Uh, 
There's probably other stuff, but I've barely logged into 14. I know I have stuff I want to do, especially with the announcement about the Garo stuff going away, but I just haven't around. Maybe I'll do that. I mean, have well, you... you got... Go ahead. What? Six months? Right, because it's not until 5.1, so we've got some yeah. time. Yeah, we figured it's going to be at the earliest mid-September, probably more likely early October. I do well, appreciate remember they... that they gave plenty of uh, lead time on that, though. Yeah. Well, remember, they went on holiday last time as well. After well, no, was... 4.0. That was 3.0. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, after putting in that much work, I kind of want. Yeah. I mean, do you have a lot that you need to do? Uh, I suppose you just want to get the mounts at this point? Um, so also, this, maybe some of the outfit stuff. I want to get most of the outfits if I can, because I like all of them. Yeah. Especially the paintbrush for Black Mage. How so, else are you going to work out your realm glamour? Yeah. Now you just need I the mean, hat. Your and... black mage has got a paint little fire, happy little fire. Uh, there's a variety of berets. We can make this work. Yeah, happy little fires. Hmm. And here's going to be a secret little thunder. Just see what I have to put up with here, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> it's like amplified from what I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Chili? What have you been up to? I've been playing Let's Go Pikachu because I bought a Switch. Ooh. Yeah. You I'm should get Octopath Traveler as well. But I hear Let's Go Pikachu. Delightful and adorable. Yeah. Did, did you get the Well, I, uh, the it Pokeball? came with the Switch, so. Yeah, I got that and Mario Kart 8 with it, but I'm not sure if I'm going to keep Mario Kart 8, so. We'll see. You're not enjoying Mario Kart? I enjoy it, but it's more fun with friends and I'm a lonely person. You know, oh, you, know, uh, you can play over the Mar internet. I was going to suggest Mario Party, but that also wants me. Yeah. The good games, it's just that you need friends. Have you considered making friends? I've <laughs> going outside. You know, they have this thing called the internet. Yeah, you might yeah be but then you've, got the, you know, you've got the problem with lag and idiots. I mean, so. you have that in, like, the real world, too. What, lag and idiots? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's just called it's just the called lack of understanding. Basically. Yeah, the lag is sometimes going on inside your own head as you attempt to catch up with what's going on, but it's there. That's true. All the things you can play on your uh, your new Switch would be things like uh, Final Fantasy X and X two. Yeah, also I mean, I already own them at least once, but maybe I'll own them again. Yeah, I mean, they just came out actually for the the for the console, so yeah. Well, yeah. for the Switch and Xbox. Yes. I am low-key envious about Final Fantasy XII on the Switch and Xbox because they have an option to reset which license boards shows. That's, that's crazy good. I mean, it's not like it's all that difficult to just, you know, grind out uh, uh, license points. Well, yeah, but, like, you have to pick out which of the jobs you want, and that's, like, a permanent choice. Oh, well, you got the expert version as well, remember? The European version, which allows you to spread a little differently than the American version, which was more restricted. Or I can just play my original version and unlock everything for everybody. Eh. Which I did, actually. Because uh, that was at the time when I was uh, recuperating from back surgery, so I had nothing but time. 
12. I didn't play 12 much because I just bought a PS4 because... No, PS3. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> you waiting a while. <laughs> because um, 12 came out right after the PS3 came out here. Yeah, it was the same. I, I, I let it slip by at that point. They gave. They I was like, oh my so god, I've got my PS3. What was that? Sorry. They they delay the release for you guys so much. Uh, no. It was a year, I think. Yeah, back then it was awful for it. it was yeah. just... But you did get the improvements because you got the uh, um, the International Zodiac Edition. Yeah. We always got things delayed, but we always got the European, yeah, the special edition versions because of it. Which isn't bad, but yeah, like I say it was still. I I enjoyed that game, but uh, anyway, as far as things that I've been up to, um, if, if you've been checking out the streams, I've been doing actually quite a bit of bird farming with uh, across the world link shell group. Um, finally got a few more burbs. I just need Sophia and Zervon now before I can unlock my uh, uh, firebird mount. Oh, nice. And then we'll be on to Doggos. Ooh. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I got my um, Summoner and Scholar up to level 50. So we got those quests done. Started nice. on the uh, the Heavensward ones. Mm. Like I said, hopefully... Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. The Summoner ones are uh, going to be... Those uh, expand a little bit of our understanding of what's going on with Askins and the like. So I'm definitely looking forward to you getting... The the thing with that, I mean, they really trolled us though in the, in that very first uh, um, Heaven's Word quest. They talk, yo, let's go unlock the uh, the the Ramu Eggy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, if you were writing something like this, wouldn't you occasionally have a little bit of fun trolling the audience? I wonder <sighs> if we're gonna get any new Eggies with the next expansion. Oh, they'll tease us about them for sure. I mean, any tr- uh. If you mean actual Eggies as opposed to Eggie Glamours, yeah. you'd want to have something where it's like, okay, what role is it actually uh, fulfilling that isn't already covered by what's existing? True. Yeah, I mean, there I, isn't much that they can. I mean, I understand you, they've got the, the range DPS, they've got the uh, melee DPS, tank. and they have the tank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose they could actually come up with a more magic based one. Yeah, well, that's I mean, Garuda, really. Well, yeah, I suppose yeah, I, she yeah. would be. I wonder if they could come up with a physical eh, physical range wouldn't make that's sense different. either, would it? No, he's uh, uh, actually melee. I mean, the uh, big thing would be not just okay, what type of attack it's mm-hmm. using, but uh, like what sort of support abilities does it have? What role does it have, both in solo play and in team play? Yeah. Which it's not saying that's impossible, but saying that's a question you have to answer, and that I that's oftentimes a much more complicated question than people can appreciate. Yeah, versus we'll initially appreciate. Versus just coming up with a, a new skin to put over it, like that you know, put it the uh, Aramu skin over Garuda because it's going to be more of a ranged magical type, and putting um, what would be a good physical one mm. to put over uh, um, Ravana. Ravana, yeah, I was yeah Ravana. Oh, that could be entertaining. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe he'd maybe be the tank. If you're gonna. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to do uh, glamorous for it, like there's probably a lot of different options. Uh, but that's just a. Uh, uh, now. now we're making him think too hard. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Boring triad. Glam. Oh yeah, Actually, that'd that be would cool. be awesome. Do a Sephiroth tank one. Do a Sophia range ranged one, and then do a a Zervon uh, DPS one. 
That could work. I kind of wonder what the eggy forms of them would look like. That'd be interesting. I thought there is a Sephiroth eggy already in the game. I mean, there's like smaller versions of Sephiroth that are used as ads during the fight, so you could possibly just use one of those. Kane in the yeah. chat saying uh, he wants a uh, Yotsuyu step on me daddy eggy. Uh, this is why we can't have nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we go through every time, folks. Aside from that, uh, um, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm the other thing we got in the game since the last episode. We got the uh, crossover event is live right now. As you can see, Chili's got the hair. And what's kind of cool, it's not just um, you know the Chili we're used to seeing uh, every other week. This is the true Chili from Ultros visiting. Yep, I've got the shoes on as well. If you can tell, because I've got the red shit soles. Yep. <laughs> And I've got yeah, the top. Yeah, this is true chili from Ultros. Yep. I jumped over. Yep, and I'm, Yay, I'm, world visit. Yeah, the, actually, and that's the other thing we got is the world visit system went yeah. live, and it's been pretty solid. I've, the, I haven't really had any exper experience, any issues with it yet. I know there, there were, were definitely some issues early on. I saw lots of reports of various types of crashing or people yeah. getting temporarily stuck in worlds, which yeah. is why they're doing it now instead of at Shadowbreak. Yeah, I mean, and that was mo most of that was first day things. I mean, they turned it off, and also they were having issues with the uh, the quest for the um, the crossover event, which they turned off as well for a while. But halfway through the day, everything was back up and running, and yeah, it's been pretty seamless since then. I waited until that. Yeah, I was at work all day, so I didn't get to, to experience it until I got back, which, and everything was nice and solid. I just didn't want to deal with people. Dealing with people is hard? Yeah. I do it for work as is. I like the people, but then I'm done with dealing with for a while. But no, it's been kind of cool, because we can actually now go to other worlds. I mean... The uh, hunt link shell or the the hunt Discord group that I'm a part of, they've expanded to basically all of Primal now, and they're taking over that. Nice. Um, but people are doing maps cross world, which is really nice. It's it's pretty awesome. I mean, like I said, it's something that we've really needed, and the fact that they shrunk the data centers down just a little bit um, alleviates a lot of the stress. I think. So I, I, but I didn't help Europe. <laughs> well, Europe. they did need something. Cause I don't know if, if what was up with their particular data center, but see, I thought they were supposed to add two worlds as well. Yeah, they did to the new world, but it still meant that the old world is well, I thought a little they, tiny now. I thought they moved some servers over and then added a new world to each one. No, they, all the new ones went to Crystal. Mm. Not, not, you mean light? Because NA didn't get yeah, any new light. worlds. That was it, yeah. But yeah. Um, they've having the problem where the fact that they're having trouble with the party finder now because they've got so little. Ooh. Yeah, I have been seeing that a little bit. But they only have six worlds per data center right now. And yeah. they are lower pop. No, they don't even have six, I don't think. See, I thought. Do they? I thought there I were thought ten. I thought there were ten servers on uh, Chaos to begin with, and then now it's six and six. I'll have to check online, but I'm sure it's less than that. I think it's three and all the data centers have the same amount of worlds. 
Like all of the NA ones are eight, eight, and eight. So anyway, I overall, at least on the NA side, things have been pretty smooth with the new data center, with the uh, world visits and everything like that. It's been working pretty well. And just remember that uh, if, if you have not yet done a Nocturne for Heroes, you have until May 27th to get that finished. Save up your 230,000 MGP. Yeah, uh, Chaos has five. So then Light also has five. Yeah, Light, five. Okay, so it must have been just eight worlds then to start with. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's even, I guess that's worse than I thought. Yeah. So, so people create uh, characters heard. there and uh, play them, please. Go ahead, There's you probably saying... bonuses for creating characters on a less populated world. On most of them, sure, yeah. But you were saying, Sarah? Oh uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed that it's something where, uh, like you have. I know that there's plenty of options to earn MGP, but just still having to stress about earning enough MGP before the event ends. Well, yeah. Like I said, you can get, you'll if you just do yeah, the like, challenge log and do. I know there's options for it. Just having the stress, I was not as. Well, don't stress so hard about it. At least it's only two hundred k in GP. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you have to raise up two million. Yeah. yeah, it's an amount that's not necessarily going to be too hard to get with some dedicated work, but I yeah. get, I don't know, I just get worried about any kind of barrier to these things. Well, the, the I'm only perhaps worrying too much. I think the worst barrier to it is the fact that you have to be level 50. Which might impact our guest. Because, yeah. Neil, really? you're, you're still pretty new in the in the game, correct? Yeah, I'm uh, level 28. Oh. So... So how do you feel that you're going to miss out on that event? Does, does it bother you? I'm just curious. Oh, you see it, these things, and you're like, oh, I wonder if I could get into that. Was that nice? And then you do see, the, obviously, the limitations. You kind of understand because you know, it's been going a long time, and they expect most of the audience to be at a certain level. So you know, you know you're going to miss out on some stuff in coming in this late into the game. It makes one wonder, though, if they're going to maybe perhaps either bring this back as a uh, mog station item or maybe bring the event back sometime. I mean, they could easily do it. Um, yeah. It would pay for them to do it. I'd imagine as well. Yes. Yeah. Especially to put it on the mog station, since this is the, the one and only four seater mount that they have currently. It would for make, now anyway. Yeah. For now, it would make them a ton of money. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the name of the I game. I really feel like the um, whale is going to be one eventually. It's very possible there's plenty of room on it. Anyway, let's go and continue on, because we have a uh, very important event to talk about here. Um, for those of you who remember last year, uh, there was a group of people out on Balmung server. We won't hold that against them. I'm kidding. People. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're wonderful people who decided to uh, start up an event where they can uh, um, roleplay the game Blitzball from Final Fantasy X and use that to make money for charity. So I just posted a link in the Discord, in the Twitch chat um, to an article that we posted out on our website, phoenixonradio.com, with a whole bunch of information about the Menfina Madness Blitzball tournament. It's making its return this year, guys, and it starts next week. Yeah, last year I think they were uh, raised, I forget how much, but I remember it was a pretty good amount. A little over $1,000 was raised for Extra Life last year. Wow. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a smaller type, 
amount of people as well last time. Yep, and it was uh, less time frame to raise the money too. Uh, whereas this year, they've been doing a little bit more um, promoting, uh, planning it ahead in advance, and they expanded it. Um, we now have eight teams that will be vying for the, uh, the Blitzball Championship. And each team is sponsored by a content creator. Um, for instance, we... Well, content creator groups. Yeah. Meaning like a, a podcast or um, something like that. Uh, like, for instance, we again are, are sponsoring the Kugane Koban Crushers. Washoi! That's team. Thank you. Washoi! Um, and we are uh, hoping that uh, we can uh, improve on last year's uh, record and take it all home this year. We're going up against the likes of the uh, um, the Black Abyss from Limsa Lominsa. Oh, and let's see. There's the uh, um, the gill turtles from Ulda. There's some uh, wet chocobos from the tree hugger land. You mean the sea chocobos, aka the best group there is, and they're going to win. <laughs> sponsored by Go Sea Chocobos. Sponsored by Moogle Go Round Radio, as you can oh, uh, safely that. assume. Um, I should also mention that the, uh, um, the Guild Turtles are sponsored by Musecast XIV. The, uh, um, the Limsa team is sponsored by Maelstrom Radio. No surprise there. Um, we also have the Crucible, uh, supporting the Ishgard Eyes of all teams. Which was a big shocker. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise there. <laughs> I, I think it's beautiful that they did that. Uh, the Garlemald team is sponsored by She Heals I Tank. Uh, the Alamegan team is sponsored by uh, Gather Together. And a... Uh, how would I describe this team? A, the wild card uh, the team? The wild card team, which is... The mascot team is sponsored <laughs> by Aetherflow Media. I kind of want the mascot team to win. <laughs> I mean, I certainly remember uh, playing Final Fantasy X-2 and shouting, fire the Moogle beam pretty much every time I used that ability. Do not discount the power of the mascot. Oh, definitely don't don't sleep on them. No, even though they look soft and squishy and comfortable, do not sleep on them. Especially, I feel like you're implying something untoward here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, there are uh, um, a lot of links um, in that article, but I will give a couple of them here in the chat, and we'll also post them in the show notes for those of you listening out on the podcast. Well, come on. I believe this year uh, sponsoring uh, To Write Love on Her Arms, a charity that uh, I always mess up the description on. All right. Uh, Let me find that. Yep. Um, I I have it in the actual article, so bringing it up here, forgive me. Uh, the uh, mission for To Write Love on Her Arms, they are a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. Yeah, they had lots of good stuff of like access to mental health resources, other good things like that. Yeah, it, it's a very worthy charity. Um, and I'm also going to throw out one more link here if you want to support. Um, Let's see Chocobos. No. Not the sea chocobos. You know, you can you can th- put them out on your podcast, Chili. Yeah, do that <laughs> on your own time, punk. 
if you want to support the the Kugane Koban Crushers, um, there's a direct link to our to the fundraiser page. Um, it's available for on the Menfina Madness site, so I figured, well, why not put it out on ours, right? Yeah. <laughs> and for those who are going to be on the, uh, I think it's the Ether Data Center. Yep, it's on Balmung. So any of the Ether no, I, Data I, Center. Balmung's not Ether. Balmung's Crystal. Crystal. Yeah, you're right, Crystal. So it'd be okay. the Crystal Data Center. If you're on Balmung or any of the Crystal Worlds, uh, and you're at least level 63, I think, is when you get access to the yeah. Ruby Sea. Yeah. You'll be able to, act, you can actually attend matches going on uh, during the event. For those of you not uh, without a character or don't, don't have access, there will be some Twitch streams as well. So you will be able to check that out, and we'll make sure to host them here on Phoenix Down Radio as well. I'm in the works to try and get uh, the, the team to join us on an episode upcoming so they can talk a little bit about their experiences with this. Um, still working on that, so hopefully we'll have some uh, more information as uh, that episode uh, gets closer. Um, just, But the schedule is going to be uh, opening ceremony starts on May 11th, so next Saturday. The first games then will be on May 14th, where uh, Limsa faces against Ulda. And Gridania faces against Alamigo. On Thursday the 16th, um, we will go be going up against the Ishgard Eyes, while Garlemald will go up against the mascot team. Um, the next round will be uh, on uh, May 24th and May 31st. There'll be one game each that day. And then uh, the finals will be on June 15th. So, well, sem- Actually, semifinals will be on June 8th, and then the finals will be on June 15th. Exciting. It'll be a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys are able to uh, check out some of this and uh, enjoy it and at, at least be able to support a, um, a very worthy charity. So thank you very much. Some other cool information. I discovered this uh, a couple of days ago. If, if you still have just the base game right now, a realm reborn, um, Heavensward is currently free. So if you want to register that to your account, you can go out to the Square Enix website and you can get it for PC or for PS4. Or for Mac. Mac as well, I suppose, yeah. Uh, For PS4, you've got to grab it from your PlayStation Store, not the Square Enix Store, I don't think. Nope. But I posted a link with all the instructions on how you can do it. And it is free up until June 27th, which is the day before early access of Shadowbringers. So for those of you who still just have that base game, it's a chance to at least get uh, further on. And Heavensward is one of the better stories, in my opinion. And and Rezragna Sasuke in the chat says Stormblood is half off as well. So somebody can get into the game really cheap. Though the, also, if you buy Shadowbringers, you will also get all of the expansions as well. So yeah, but if you, you don't think you're going to get through Heaven's Ward before June twenty seventh? Probably best idea just to wait and get Shadowbringers. Yep. Rather than buying Stormblood. Well, Stormblood is uh, so tw- it'd be twenty bucks then to get uh, Stormblood right now. Yeah, if it's half off. Sounds still, right. Still not a bad deal. I mean. The reason I know this is I, I was finally able to give somebody my Twitch Yeah, but if you're code. not going to get through the content before it comes out, is what I'm saying. If you think yeah. you're not going to beat Heaven's Ward before Shadowbringers comes out, there's no point paying the 20 quid. You might as well just buy 
shut up, Ringers. Yeah, and then you'll you'll when when you're ready to move on to Stormblood. Yeah. Yes, and for those of you who want to try and push through, um, as Ragna is pointing out, there's currently a thirty percent off sale for the jump potions out on the Mog Station. So you can currently get a if you want to jump your character all the way up to uh, Stormblood, it'll cost you thirty five dollars to get the um, story jump and a, a, a job jump. They'll get you up to level 60 and skip all the quests up until the start of Stormblood. Or oh, 35 pounds, I think it is. I thought you said it was 26 pounds. That's 12 pounds each. So yeah, about 26 pounds, sorry. 25-ish, right in that area. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it was 20. It was, it was 12.95, wasn't it? Yeah. 12 pounds 90 or something like that? Yeah. It's about 25 pounds 80. 25 pounds 90, I think. Because they were like 95p or something stupid like that. Yep. So, there you go. If you need uh, to get a jump there. Like I said, I was contemplating doing that for my alt out there, but I'm not sure if it's quite worth it. But for some people, it might. It may definitely be. So, that's definitely out there and available. I recently did it for an alt on Europe, so. So you can uh, play with uh, friends over there? Yeah. You can use that to help Neil too. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Why don't you do that? Is it on That's the same yeah. data center? I don't know. Which one are you on, Neil? Odo. Uh, you did double check and see if Odin is on the same data center? Is what you're no, on? I'm not. <laughs> Damn it, Chili. <laughs> this is somehow your fault. Yes. It's all your fault. Yeah, I'm Chili. on Ragnarok. Because yeah. he only taught me into making a character there. See, you put all this stuff in my head for years, and then you forgot to tell me which one to go on. <laughs> Rude. Because he would have told you to go on to Ultros, but that's an NA server. Yeah. Yeah. He still would have told you to go there. But then you would have been on <laughs> Primal, and you could have hang out with us. Yeah. But that's Maybe like... I'll buy you a jump potion, a uh, uh, switch one day, Neil. You can buy a new switch. No, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> you did say a switch, so. I mean, I already have one, but fine. <laughs> so if you've already got a I switch, too. you can give me a switch. Eh, imagine the shipping. <laughs> like sending another switch with the switch. So I can switch while I switch? Yeah, so <laughs> Anyway. Let's Is that a still thing people reference? Unfortunately. Yeah, my Ragnarok character is called Chili Farts. Thank you, Mioni. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's it's a... like, I, I bet you can't put that as a name. I'm like, I'll give it a try. And it, you've been accepted. I'm like, okay. And then you kept going anyways? <laughs> then I brought Boost because I found it funny, the idea of me entering dungeons as Chili Farts. <laughs> Just... We are two very different people. <laughs> Yeah. Just wait until yeah. this uh, character gets banned. <laughs> Hopefully I mean, it doesn't become it an just... account-wide ban because of that. Usually it would just be like a forced name change, wouldn't it? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Though I will say this, I, I was reading uh, through the, the subreddit uh, yesterday, and I came across an article about somebody who almost got uh, temporarily banned because they had an alt character that had... Uh, gotten 
taken over uh, a free company that they were a, a part of. Yeah. And uh, because it had an inappropriate message or something like that, as the as the free company leader, this person was getting the uh, um, the, the temp ban. Oh, they were being held responsible. Yeah. Yes, they were being held responsible, even though they can go mm-hmm. back in the logs and they can see that the message was changed before this person um, got the responsibility, and it was you know moved it was forced onto them because the other people did not log in. Well, I mean, that's the thing. People always say, oh, they can go back in the logs, but they can't necessarily. No, they, they Not did. Not every system is so well. Okay. They did. Okay. It was yeah. proven. But they, they took away the ban, but they still have a warning on their record because of this. And this is on an yeah, I could alt. I say that still be on there. Yeah. So it's, but it's, it's on an alt, which means that actually affects the entire account, not just the character. Yeah. So just be warned, yeah. Chili. Or anybody who has a, a slightly inappropriate alt, that any actions taken on those can affect your mains as well, because it might be account wide. Just um, tell them if ever becomes wrong. Your name is actually Chilef Arts. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely plausible. <laughs> totally, totally plausible. Yeah. I know lots of people called Chilef. It's my real name. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you beefing square? Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, it, it's with us, the whole new terms of service that came out uh, earlier in the year. It shows that they there are some things that are being enforced. So that really bad terms of service. <sighs> yeah, you're not wrong. Anyway, so on on that uh, bit, let's go ahead and jump into our discussion topic and the reason why Neil is joining us. So since Neil is a green leaf. This isn't going to be a green leaf minute, by the way. Green leaf half hour, <laughs> or so. Um, so basically, what we want to try and figure out is, like I said, uh, fi- the redo of Final Fantasy fourteen is almost six years old now, and there's a lot in this game now. We're we're talking. We've got, um, you know. We're on two two expansions on this. We've got just a ton of quests. We're going from level, um, you know, fifty up to seventy now. And you've got all these random NPCs that have been added in various areas for some new system or some other bit of content that weren't there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, is it worthwhile for a new player to jump into Final Fantasy fourteen at this point in the game? So we wanted to get somebody who is uh, new to the game and find out what their experience has been so far. So, uh, Neil, like you like you mentioned earlier, you're now level 28. Yeah, level 28 as of yeah. a couple of hours ago. I, I just managed to level up with a couple of things. And I think you said the last big story bit that you had completed was uh, in uh, um, Thousand Maws of Todorak. Is that correct? Yeah, you yeah, s- just done that and been doing the Lancer-based missions as well. Um, you know, the, the add-on missions that come on later after the initial set, I think it is. Yep. Yeah. So you're still pretty early on in the game. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of how this game is designed so far? Okay, so I, I was saying to you before we started that you know, my only you know, experience with this genre of game before was with Elder Scrolls Online. Which, you know, because I like the Elder Scrolls stuff, I've 
went into and thought, and yeah, I enjoyed many, many hours on that, but it was very difficult to get into and understand. Maybe that helped though when it came to coming over to Final Fantasy fourteen. Maybe it helped because I subconsciously heard Chelly tell me everything over the years. <laughs> <laughs> stuff, but it, it, it was a lot. It's a lot easier to get into in that sense, and uh, probably because it explains it bit by bit by bit by bit in those early hours. Yeah, you know, it just it makes and it you know, makes a good job of trying to make sure that you see it and don't just ignore it. And because you know, death to you if you do. Because uh, yeah, the, yeah. one thing this game actually was praised for is they've got the active uh, uh, system, the active help system. That anytime something new pops up within the game, something pops on your screen that says, "Hey, this system is now unlocked. Here is how you do this, 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 and this." It's even easier to unlock it ever since they added the like the little plus symbol that you can get. Yeah, you know, we know that it's going to be an unlock because there's like a. Uh, plus next to the quest line. Yep, if you look at, at the little icon above each of the different NPCs, you'll see some of them are going to have the meteor symbol. Those are main storyline quests. You'll see yeah. now some of them have the the quest symbol, but it's got a blue with a plus, like Chili was saying. And then the yep. standard um, side quests are just going to be the, the normal quest symbol. So yeah, I mean, that's a, a, a um, quality of life thing that they added. Was it so? Uh, even if you don't know the specifics, you can know. Hey, this is something that's going to yeah. add on some new thing to try out. So it can be like, oh, hey, this is something to try, new to try, or this is something that's going to take a little more time. I'll save it for a little later. Or versus something that's just a quick side story thing to give you a little bit more flavor of the area that you are currently uh, working in. Yeah, which is yeah a nice way of doing it without being too you know, in your face about it. It's it works. Well, I say, out. go over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it. It's because the world is structured like it is. You can just sort of wander around a bit, see a new bit, maybe tackle something here and there. And the game then, of course, does push you into new areas progressively. You know, even it's in the starting areas, you, you come to find newer stuff hours and hours in again, and which is great because you think, oh, most starting areas in games, you're like, oh, okay, I've seen everything in the first few hours and that's it especially in online games it's you always know, think oh you're not going to see much more but here yeah even like just before from up here in Grodania I saw like a whole bunch of new stuff and I was like, oh this is cool that's nice to see yeah um, there's often a thing of oh once you've gotten through this area you're not really going to have any reason to ever come back that's it yeah and, and, and I've had that twice you know in recent hours you know, with the whole self storyline thing, you know, that all that area was new to me and that was cool. And then just seeing another one, and yeah, it's, it, and it's already such a pleasant area anyway. But to see all this new stuff, new enemies that are not, you know, the lower level stuff that you start near, it, yeah, it's better than thinking, oh, I'll just jump to the next new area every time. Which, you know, at one point in the game, you know, early on, you do have that where you seem to just sort of be able to go, Right, you've gone here, now you're going here, now you're going to go here, and then you're going to go there, and like that. And you're, and just... you're never going back. That's it. <laughs> they at least drag you back, you know, to say, Hannah. Oh, you summer child. <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Yeah, you know, it's early for me. It's all about dragging back, but you're going to love Horizon. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Um, I mean, it's a bit. A tiny bit overwhelming at first when you do start going to a new place. You just got used to everything in the opening bit, and 
And it's like, okay, does, is this thing I've got to find it on this floor, that floor? How do I find my way into this area? That The map thing has been my only early problem, I think, where you know, you're searching for the quest marker and like, okay, it's there. it's there. How do I get to there? And once you've done that, though, you know, most of the time it's just guess, all right, I'll just teleport over to that place and, or whatever, and it's yes. less of a problem. The map system yeah. is slightly unintuitive, but once you get used to it, it's actually not bad. Yeah, that's it. Once you know, then it's just like, oh, okay, I'll just I'll have the map up and on one yeah. side of the screen and just wander over where I need to be easy. And, and the- I mean, it's always a question of is it something where you're going to manage to get the hang of it before you get frustrated? But that's it. That, that is probably the biggest quality of it is that because of that sort of piecemeal way of telling you how everything is supposed to be going, you learn it even though while you're not realizing you're learning it because you're just getting sort of gently coaxed towards each new thing and each you know way of like dying clothes as soon as i was thinking i'd like to know how to dye clothes and then well i'm retired not long after here's how you dye clothes and that was, okay. that was... that's actually a really good sign if like they're presenting it just around the time you start thinking about this is something i'd like to do that's a really good sign from a game development per, uh, perspective well, yeah especially go remember though that some of that stuff was changed later on yeah like um Remember the fact that you used to have to be level 50 to glamour your gear? Yep. Until they changed it, like, early on where they made it a lower level. Um, yep, yeah, and also, die was, was actually a pain in the ass to unlock. Because... No, you didn't know where the heck it was at. You know, it's in that uh, little uh, um, area off of Horizon. and uh, you had Well, to no, it wasn't juice. the fact that it was hard to find. It was the fact that it would ask you for orange juice. And yet the... <laughs> Place to buy orange juice was right back in the main town. I don't know, you'd have to like craft your own. Yeah, I'll craft your own. Uh, but yeah, this is something where, given that, as we said, the game is about six years old at this point, uh, any game of this sort, it uh, becomes something where those earlier areas, you start making it a little more accessible. Because if you've got a new player who comes in and says, oh, geez, I have to go through all this just to change the color of my clothes, I have to go through all of these things. <laughs> before I can start doing any of the fun stuff I've seen the other players doing, yeah, maybe I'll go play Yeah. Uh, so being able to, like, grab your attention, get you into it, get you feeling like, oh, hey, this is stuff I want to do, I'm able to do it, that's something that helps keep you as a new player, it sounds like. Definitely. Uh, and, that's it. and it has just been, you know, without going too crazy, it's just something new here and there, just do a few missions for a while, have a fun little bit of story here and there. And then usually a raid will pop up just about the time you're thinking, well, okay, I want to move on to the next thing. And yeah. Nice. And then speaking of all of that, you, you had mentioned, you, you know, dealing with other players, how has your interaction gone, you know, as a new player with the, uh, the, the current player base that's been around the game for either uh, long enough to either get, just get through the, the current storyline or maybe have been playing since the beginning. Like a lot of us have, how has that been going for you as a new player? So lar- largely positive. Um, when I was looking at um, what server to go on and didn't really look properly, I, I say, and then looked afterwards, I saw that Odin was mentioned as being like, "Oh, it, you know, it's terrible. Everyone's a snob there. They they, they don't like newbies." Or it's like, I thought, "Oh, that's good. I picked I picked the right one then." Um, and I thought, oh, that, "That's what I'll get." But no, it has been largely really pleasant. People have been very helpful. They generally get it when you're lower level and it's the first time you're doing stuff so they'll be like 
message as quick as they can saying that you do this and do that or you know they'll tell you they're coming to get you if you get down or whatever and yeah and that's lovely to see and i said the only only instance i had was one person not communicating the ifrit fight very well with the nail <laughs> uh, yeah. so died a couple of times on that and then the third time i got the nail but of course no one else bothered attacking they all just sat back and i was like well i'm doing it <laughs> are you, are you gonna you're gonna join in with the rest of this fight <laughs> and so and then they booted me and i was like well cheers that's great but then after that i was like well i know what to do now and the next lot i went in with were fine that's yeah, we'll say that's one thing that uh, this game, the speed that it runs at in other modern MMOs as well, I've noticed. You don't have a lot of time for communication, at least not for, you know, c- typed up communication, chat, you know, in the game. Yeah. It seems like most communication nowadays happens externally or if the game happens to feature voice chat. Yeah. Because it's very voice difficult off. to talk and type, you know, that way, versus especially way- when you play on controller, it's a pain in the ass. Where you oh, yeah. oh, control sure. down to type. Yeah, but- I've seen it much more often where people will be before the fight starts say, "Hey, these are the things to look out." For. But in the midst yeah. of it, because they're going for that kind of fast-paced, uh, high action thing, you're right; it doesn't leave as much time to actually confirm mid fight. Yeah, I know. And yeah, you're so focused, did- you don't even look at the, what the text has said. So you look over and go, "Oh, they've said something." Okay, fine. That, I hate so. to say, but I really did love my A because I did an A12S farm a few weeks ago, and it was a learning group because it was our first time clearing it that time. Hmm. Um, there was a, someone in the group that was running it to help people clear because I hadn't cleared it. And they were just like taking their time to help people, but the other tank was rushing in every time just to pull it up before the person could finish how to you know describe the mechanics. So after four times, they literally just kicked him and were like, oh, yeah, we'll just replace you then, I guess. We kept trying to tell him, look, we're trying to teach people to fight. But he's like, no, no, I'm going to pull anyway. Yeah, so, that's not cool. So everyone stayed together, helped each other, and then we started clearing it. Yeah. I, mean, I got that on the second time on that mission where they said, don't pull, don't pull, which is like, you know, Okay, I don't know that terminology for a start, but <laughs> I have also just been stood next to you waiting for you to actually attack the fucker for about five minutes. And uh, just... What job are you playing then? That one. That was the Ifrit job. That was one no, back. what class what, what, are you? Yeah, what is your character? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, so, uh, a Lancer, sorry. Oh, cool. Oh, you're, you're, you're a baby floor tank. Hey, hey, <laughs> be, be nice. <laughs> I like I like my light and stylish clothing, so that's the yeah, that's the big appeal. Yeah, and so. and that will then con- uh, change once you hit level thirty. You'll be able to <laughs> upgrade that to a dragoon. Yeah. Everyone remember when you used to have a level a second job to unlock your second last unlock your job. I actually remembers. Yeah, my experience with a lot of these types of games has been if I'm if I'm starting out in an established game, it's because I see something about it. It's like, hey, this appeals to some kind of character fantasy I have. Like, oh, hey, I can be this really cool archer, and I can go around firing all these shots, and maybe I find out over the course of it that, hey, that's not the way it really plays, but that's the thing that first draws people in. Hmm. It was the reason why I went archer to start with. I didn't realize, you know, I was going to jump into bard, which, I mean, isn't a bad job. I mean, I'm still maining it, but uh, I was was actually kind of hoping that it would... yeah, you brought red mage for bard, so... Well, it's the support I like of it, and the game, it plays very well, um... I was actually kind of hoping. But the that... point being that it uh, 
Like you came in uh, with a particular kind of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping to get Ranger, but we didn't end up getting that. But uh, it is what it is, and you know, you, you find other things that you might enjoy about the job instead, or you find well, another I mean, job. Sometimes you, like. you don't. Sometimes you decide, hey, this game isn't for me. Which is yeah. something that the designers would want to avoid, but that does happen. So speaking hmm. of that aspect of it, um, Neil, have you actually had a chance to uh, try some of the other jobs out? No, no, I haven't really. I've pretty much because I do it in bursts, as I was saying to you before, hence why I haven't gone much further than level 28. It's, you know, I just sort of focus on what I'm doing most of the time. And it's like I try the odd thing out in terms of what they tell me, but... Yeah, job-wise, not really done much else uh, so far. But I, I'm probably going to be going to, I imagine, soon. I mean, are are you aware that you can actually play multiple jobs on the same yeah. character? Yeah, I did see that pop up, I think, when I was looking at something. I, it was, uh, I can't remember what it was I was looking at. You'd be, see, you'd be surprised at how many people don't pay attention to that and make characters because they think they have to. Well, I mean, WoW, it was, you, it was one um, character, one job. Wow is not the near, anywhere near the only one where that's the case. Too. Yeah, most like I might say most MMOs are like that, really. Yeah, I mean, it, but with Final Fantasy, it's been that way since eleven. We've been able to yeah. have job freedom. We've been we can take the same character and we can expand on what we can do. But I and actually, it's been a, just a part in terms of, of in MMOs in general. That's not the thing. Yeah, but I think the reason yeah. that they did that was because we could also do it in games like Final Fantasy three, Final Fantasy five. We could change the job types of a lot of those, a number of those characters. Final Fantasy ten two. We don't know about that game. <laughs> oh my god, that game is fine. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's nice to see them. I agree, Nick Nar, one hundred percent. It's nice to see, <laughs> to see them. No, there's no ten three. You're right about that, but ten two, yeah bring that aspect into the MMO world. And I think it's really shaken it up a little bit because I think there are other games now that have a similar uh, feature set where you can play multiple job types. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, a lot of the um, MMO-style games of the modern era have that sort of system where you can pick and choose in a way between what sort of types you are. You're not locked yeah. into one choice made at the beginning of, of character creation. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean... I think a lot of designers saw people who were making all these different alts, playing through all these different ones, where they were often asking for features that would support it because, hey, I want to try out these different ways of playing, so yeah. please give me these features that will make it easier to do that. Yeah, and, it started started all over. and then it starts asking questions like, do they really need to be doing that, or can we provide them something that's going to let them play this way without having as much burden on them? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's just... Yeah, as you say, otherwise you're just risking gambling a lot of your time away, you know, with one character mm-hmm. like that. And when you've got a character designed down, you're like, oh, I like this guy, I want it, I, I'd like it to be something different, and you've got yeah. that. Yeah, so. especially what if I'd gone in thinking, oh, hey, I want to be a ranger, I want to use a bow, and so I go in, and then I do all this, invest all this time, get it to the max level, and find, ugh, I don't actually like playing hard. Like, if you can't, if this is something where you can't switch jobs at all, you may have a lot built up in this character in terms of quest creep, uh, completed, crafting abilities, other stuff like that, and now you're facing the prospect of losing it. Yep. Definitely. 
yeah, I like, go ahead. Okay. I was just saying, yeah, you know, with all the stuff, like that sort of stuff, I all chose myself. You know, character design name wise, that was more of a case of my daughter was sat with me at the time and she's free. So yeah. she, she picked that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a pink Makote. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but very stylish one, wearing a, a bandit mask. So. Yeah, and that would suck if you'd had this character that you created, where it's got this cute thing behind it, this thing that uh, shared with your daughter, and then feel like I don't actually like playing. Yeah, this is it. That's the nice thing about it, and to be able to have that choice. So, what are your thoughts on the story so far, Neil? I mean, yeah, it's most of it's you know typical fantasy stuff, but obviously. There's some cool little bits. I, I like the use of language being very um, English in terms of its swearing. It's just, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's just when some of the words come up, I just like, I can't believe this game was made in Japan. <laughs> it just it says, uh, what was the word? I, I must admit, I because I, I'm childish. I still giggle at um, whenever I see something called queer. Something yeah, they do it in that way. It's like yeah, it's the old English way of calling it. No, it's yeah. like okay, it's. Just means it's odd, by the way. Yes. Right. But, um, yeah, it's just, the, the, you know, that mid-tier swear words you get in English that, that aren't like, you know, the horrible, yeah. horrible swear words. But they're, like, they're just those sort of very tosser sort of words, you know. Not words like. you expect to be hearing. No, not in a Japanese game where you think, okay, works what? for me. I, I, love, I love that, though, because there's lots of bloodies and bastards and stuff like that. And it just, yeah. That's because they have an amazing localization team. I mean, they they took, um, they they really expanded upon that in this version of it. And uh, Michael Christopher Koji Fox, the localization lead for the English team, um, he's in charge of making sure everything, you know, is as entertaining as you're finding it right now. He's he's the one who helps to write all of the uh, the Middle English type of uh, vernacular that you're enjoying here. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, Faust balls. He, Faust he definitely balls. has a lot of uh, feel, feelings and thoughts about how important stuff like swearing is to how people actually communicate. Uh, yeah. It actually, like you're talking about, oh, it's, it's a Japanese thing, but it actually started something where the Japanese side was coming to and saying, it's like, hey, the stuff you wrote as a translation part thing is way more interesting. Can you help us mm-hmm. translate it back? Yeah. Because so- the Japanese ones usually start as just this very plain, no nonsense description of, oh, hey, these things need killing, whatever. And uh, the English team was the one that would turn it into some little story about a knight and a squire and all the other related things like that. And so the willingness of the different teams to work and trade back and forth and recognize uh, what the strengths of what each other are doing, rather than just saying, oh, this is the one true way, has been a real strength of the game. Yeah, uh, you notice that again with the that it's uh, more English-sided team in the sense of the old line reference towards uh, popular popular culture stuff. Uh, I noticed the Simpsons reference the other day with the whole "Yeah, I saw him." That is to say, I seen him sort of line. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that's weird. Again, it's just odd to see it, but it's enjoyable to see it all the same. Wait until you see some of the later ones. Oh yeah, it's it's th- all throughout the game, and they get There's better a, and better. A, a chain of fates that reference Metal Gear. <laughs> there are quite a lot of them. Apparently, there is like a running, not quite joke challenge, teasing of each other where the 
uh, Japanese and English teams will, like, one of them will come up with something that in English is this really clever pun, and it doesn't work in Japanese, and so the Japanese one has to find some way to localize it that at least makes some reasonable amount of sense. Yeah. And then they'll go ahead and switch it back, and they keep teasing each other that way. <laughs> some of the funnier ones are, like, the achievements you unlock for, like, oh, for, like, um, events. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find them. Let's see. We can yeah, I could actually just take a look at what we've got in our list right now. So have you been able to, in while they're looking for those, have you in been able to enjoy some of the uh, seasonal events that have popped into the game? Wow, I think I saw stuff for Valentine's Day back in February. Yep. So I, I have not really seen a lot of everything yet in that regard. Because I think yeah, complete the quest and Inspector's Gadget, you get the title Gold Digger. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I did like the pun of answers and questions, or questions and answers to say about that. Mm. The reason I asked about the seasonal events, I know, like I said, we've got the crossover event, which has a level fifty cap. Most of the time, Square Enix is actually very good about letting all players get into it. It's pretty yeah. easy to get up to level fifteen, so that seems to be the uh, the entry level to get into those seasonal events. Like, uh, yeah, 15 is the seasonal event stuff normally. It's only like special events like um, uh, crossovers and collaborations. Crossovers like Monster Hunter, because Monster Hunter was 70, wasn't it? Correct. Still it's, is 70. Yes. Geez. Yeah, that's one that's not going away. Well, well, I I don't... They, they there are no gonna, plans. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, with that, I mean, I think the next one we've got coming up is going to be... Yeah, as um, Reagan herself says, Summerfest. Yeah, what is it? What, they, what is that called again? Um, uh, the Moonfire Fair. Yeah, Moonfire. Yeah. So the, we we get what uh, almost ten or twelve a year. Yeah. So they're yeah. almost okay. monthly. Actually, isn't the next one um, um, Make It Rain campaign? So that one is irregular. They don't necessarily yeah. have it as. Okay. So hang on, I'm looking up. There's. There's some seasonal events that they have irregularly, but then they also do have a regular set of them every year. True. Um, I feel uh, like our Fantasy 15 event replaced the Make It Rain. It's possible. Because the Make It Rain is all about gold source and MGP, and, you know, you have to get MGP for the Fantasy 15 stuff. Or so. it might also be yeah. later on in the year. I'm trying to remember. So you've got Heaven's Turn for the uh, Lunar New Year, uh, Valentine's Day... Uh, Little Ladies Day, which is based off of the Ladies Day in Japan. Uh, Hatching Tide for Easter. The Moonfire Fair as the summer festival of Oban or Bonodori or various things. Uh, the Rising, just as the anniversary of the game launch. Yep. All Saints Wake, which would be the Halloween one. Uh, and then the Starlight Celebration for Christmas. Those are the regular ones, and then they may have other specialty ones, depending on what else. Hmm. Yeah. But it's nice. We get a pretty good uh, range of celebrations. Yep. So I would recommend that the next time one pops up, Neil, go take advantage of it. I enjoy the uh, the extra little quests you get. You get some cool minions, occasionally a mount, new glamour gear, um, things like that to just you know add more to your game experience. Yeah. So chances are because it wasn't the fish and chips last year that they're going to bring back fish and chips this year for the uh, for the um, items you need. So, And you're finally going to be able to get rid of that entire page of uh, fish and chips that you have on your retainer. I have a thousand and some <laughs> haddock ready. That is an absurd amount of fish and chips. 
Look, I'm going to be the number one leader of Haddock selling on Ultros. I thought you were just going to give it away. And Hyperion. And every server. That is a thing you could do, yes. Yeah, because I want two-year-old fish and chips. That's been in Look, some maybe. some Lalafell's back pocket. Look, it's been on my re- on my, re- my retainer for ye- for it, it's it's signed. I have quality concern. Look. Has this been inspected by the Eorzean Culinarians Alliance? Yeah, sure. Why not? But <laughs> <laughs> I just said I'm British. I know how to make it, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, I, I trust you more than uh, everyone else." The secret is the beef dripping. That is true. That is the secret. How long is that good for again? <laughs> not two years. <laughs> not, not two days, I think. Fresh. <laughs> no. So, I mean, is there anything within the game that you've seen, Neil, that you don't like? <sighs> A strong one on that one. I'm generally very positive with, with games that I don't like to be you know, too nitpicky with uh, stuff. How about like I... stuff that you uh, don't quite understand or feel like, hey, maybe I'm not as interested in this, or it just hasn't landed, even if it's not like bad? Um, the, the, the travel system sometimes, I'd probably say at the minute, it's like. Having to go to certain places, to travel places, or, or teleport for a cost is a bit of a pain sometimes. I mean, it, not too bad, and it still accumulate money fairly easily without it you know, being while still using it. But when places are like making you go, well, you got to go all the way over here for the next bit of this mission, and then you got to go all the way over there for the next bit of that mission, and you're like, yeah, you know, I just wanted to do this something quickly for a minute, and like that. And especially when it's a side mission, it does that. And, You've got to go here, there, and everywhere. And so I, I did less for a main story mission. Now you're telling me I've got to go on a round the world trip just to fetch something for you. And it's just, there's little moments like that. But it's just, again, if that's more a case of time, where it's like, I don't have enough time to be pussyfooting around with this and just, I, I just want to get on with what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, what, what you think is just a, Oh, I'll just do this quickly and then go back to the main mission. Just to, it, you end up just using up your time. Yeah, yeah. There, that, yeah. there is actually a lore reason why they charge for teleports. Well, yeah, but I mean, like the lore is all uh, there to support decisions that they've already made on other stuff. Yeah, and this is something that I know other players, like even early on, would occasionally express frustration with feeling like they have to move around between all these different places. Mm. So it seems like something that's. That's something that's continued to be a little bit of an issue. Yeah, I mean, it comes to the point where you think, oh, I'll try and focus on one area and do smaller missions for a while, which generally works. You generally don't have to go too far from where you've given your quest. Uh, But yeah, there are just times where you you get caught out like that. Like I said, it's not really a major complaint. Uh, I get that if everything was very snap, 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 easy to get through, then you'd be blazing through the content a lot quicker. And that's not really the idea. But it is something that can be a little frustrating at times. Yeah. Uh, I know it happens much later, but there was a a quest at one point in some of the more recent content where uh, as part of it, you are asked to check in with some of your allies about if they might be able to provide funding for a particular thing. 
Mm. And instead of having to travel all over the world, check in with them, meet up with the various NPCs, your character just steps off to the side, gets on the link shell, and apparently has the equivalent of a cell phone conversation with them. And then comes (laughs) right back. And it's like, oh my god, yes! Why wasn't I doing this before? I get I that, you want to meet in person sometimes, but really. Yeah, it's like after you get the link show stuff and you're like, you, you still have these moments where they go, oh yeah, can you come and see me please? And it's like, you could have just told me this over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's it's a like, lot of Menphilia memes with that. Uh, and yeah. so like, I think they get that uh, players are annoyed by that and they have their own reasons for running that way, but that doesn't make it less no, it's just—it's it, funny in the sense of just like this is a world where it's like yes, we have the technology, but also can you please come and see me in person because I just prefer it. So, yeah. yeah. Also, I need yeah. somebody to get me some tea. Yeah. Oh, so I need could... some tea if you're offering. Thanks. <laughs> also, go clicking up garbage off the docks. Also, while you're on the way. Yeah, and if and if you could bring some fish and chips. Can you mm-hmm. pick up all that poop I left on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> I dropped Love coins. Them. Can you pick those coins up, please? And then give them back to me. <laughs> but I won't be there. I'll have gone somewhere else, and you've got to find me. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple times where the NPCs outright say that they're yanking your chain. And yeah. so it's like the developers know that uh, this is something that you don't like. They are doing it for their own reasons, but it's not something where they're unaware. Oh, By yeah. the way, that, that coin doesn't make quest it less was annoying. so stupid. Where she's like, oh, I, I lost my coins. Do you mind picking them up? And then you get out that cutscene and they're just right around there. Um, I mean, I there is a point to that in terms of characterization, in terms yeah, of establishing like, that yeah. Old Da is full of really rich people who are kind of dicks because they're... Who think <laughs> that their money is an ex, uh, gives them the right to boss people around and be... Yeah, it definitely feels like that in Old Da. That's for sure. Yeah. Sometimes, oh, though... Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, some of those are just more like, yes, we know it's annoying. That's the point. That's how you start feeling this way about the. Which doesn't make it less annoying as a player. No, nah, it's like it's, you feel like you've been played a bit, but at the same time, that's, that's the point, as you say. Yep. Yeah. Ulda is kind of terrible. Yeah, it is, because it's Ulda. Anyway, so how long have you actually been playing the game? I know, you, like I said, you have just a little bit of time that you can spend on it in, in bits and spurts, but I'm just curious how long you've actually had Final Fantasy XIV going. Ooh, God, I'll have to have a quick look here, because... Rough guesstimate is fine, too. Yeah, that's right, yeah, I, I have got it somewhere. It's just... Um, I want to say about two months. Maybe longer, just because I think I was there in February, so I think... So two, two and a half to three months? Give or take, I'd say, yeah. Okay. Overall, what do you think of this game? Well, uh, like I said before the show, uh, the fact that I'm still playing it is a, a big thing. You know, even with uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I didn't play it very much for a while, and then I play a little bit, and then another big break, and another expansion would come out. I play that for an hour or two, and then I stop again. This very different in a lot of ways. I just when I play it. It's a nice, relaxing game to play a lot of the time, so it's just something to have on. That at this point is a preferable thing because otherwise, when I'm playing games, it's reviews, previews, etc. So it just ends up being like main mining. Like this week, I've played a fair bit of Final Fantasy XIV because I've been reviewing Days Gone, 
and doing all the, the stuff in that and it's just so oh, okay i need something a bit different and yeah and less stressful and it's nice yeah i'm that. hearing that the first few hours uh yeah it's um yeah it's it's an alright game it just it just it has its moments unfortunately but uh yeah it's uh when was it? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I started on the twelfth of February. That, that was my first day on my uh, fourteen. Yeah, so you had three months in uh, in about a week. Yeah, this is it. Now I said, I, if I have stuff to do review wise, I don't get to play it. Generally speaking, if I'm quite intense, I think like I missed the whole Easter stuff event because I'd just done Sekiro and I just stopped playing games as much for a while because that was intense as hell trying to get that done in a short space of time. You know, I said I'd never do that again with a From Software game. I did. <laughs> I would say try to do the events just because they are normally pretty short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, is it. But I mean, like, it sounds like if you want to take a more relaxing, casual approach, that's going to be fine. Yeah, that's it. Just it, making the time of it better. I mean, as well, in certain months when you have kids as well, um, if my daughter has a cold or anything like that, she's all night, all year, is like cough, 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 like that, and it was so. You're always on edge playing anything online because you're like, mm. if you have to go away from what you're doing, you generally get stuck if you're in the middle of a battle or something. You can't just walk away, and oh, that's yeah. that's slightly annoying, isn't it? But to do, that's you say general... that, but I've, I've been in parties where people have done that. I, oh, yeah. I I will also admit that I have had not so generous thoughts about people. Who stepped away from it because, like, oh my coffee. Really, dude, now? So, like, <laughs> yeah. I know it's not the greatest thing, but I've certainly. For had me, it it's like, okay, I don't mind it, but it's when they take forever, that's when I, yeah. I'm like, nah. Yeah, but it's like, it's I'm something like, where I've had, like, unfair thoughts and comments about that, and I don't think I'm the only one who's done that. Oh, and yeah. as someone who, like, if you're a parent who's dealing with that, that's something that I could worry. Yeah, this is it. And so generally, I just tend to make when it's the safest time, I will play it. Uh, hence why I can play it if it's a weekend and my kids are awake, because then I don't have to worry about that. And my son is gaming mad anyway, so he'll sit and watch anything game wise and go, mm-hmm. yeah. So he enjoys watching that. So, so yeah, any- I, I had one um, uh, main story quest. Roulette, but yeah. one of the DPS, uh, I had a problem with their child and they were gone for 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I can relate, I'll say that much. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, and as happens, someone with but... as someone who doesn't have kids, I know it's hard for me to be like, Is that a reasonable amount of time? Didn't they fail oh, it... you? Oh, but what if it was <laughs> like, I have no idea what's reasonable, and if I'm having a bad time otherwise it can be easy to start making unfair judgments. And I imagine that parents are going to be stressed about that. Are people going to be upset? At I also think yeah. that I, I would hope that as the parents would also understand if the party needs to move on and they would end up vote kicking them. Oh, yeah. yeah. But this that would it. still suck though. Yeah, it would, but the, the big main story quest for that everyone watches Netflix anyway. So that's true. No, no. What you do is you shit post in party chat with everyone else about how you are watching the beginning of the greatest love story of all time. Twilight? <laughs> no. What? Lala Bread? Zed and Nero. Oh. That's true. Yeah, but they what if you actually got new players and you, they don't know what Nero and Zed 
and this is retelling. It's like, pay attention to this, because this is a love story that is going to develop throughout the entire game. Those two need to bang. They really do. So, would you recommend that somebody who is interested in uh, an MMO, Neil, uh, to look into Final Fantasy XIV then? Yeah, I would. I think it's accessible enough. If If you're already curious about it enough and have a leaning towards that kind of game, I think it's a no-brainer because a lot of it's going to be quite natural to you anyway, I think. You know, as at me, I'm not massive on RPGs, and yet it really does take something to just click with me for me to enjoy it. And it's one of those roundabout things where you'll play other games that almost unrelated that get you into the idea and the mindset of... Uh, certain ways of playing games, like with um, when it came to the idea of collecting loot and stuff in games and all that, I'd never been bothered about it until Borderlands. <laughs> and that got me into RPG games in general because more because then I was like, oh, well, if I could do this and this, I'll try RPGs. So then I, that got me into stuff, you know, more of the Elder Scrolls stuff. And in turn, with this, um, GTA Online, was a very big reason for me getting into playing Elder Scrolls Online and then into this because the, the core systems of that are very similar in just like, you know, you can go hang out with your friends here, dress up here and just do you know, do the old random stuff together. Uh, and those core things are nice to have. I, I'm a sucker for dress up with my characters. <laughs> well, don't worry. That, this is the perfect MMO for you because it is. You know, I, I, glamour is a game. Glamour is the true end game. You're right. <laughs> it's like now it's just like I'm basically cosplaying as a wrestler. It seems it's just it's the old, I mean, the old, the old leather style pants, purple pants with a nice silky open purple I mean, shirt. Let's not try to pretend that playing dress up with dolls stopped being enjoyable just because we got old. It's still fun. This exactly. is it. You're it's just the action figure. That's it. That's <laughs> it's it. a doll. You call it a doll. We don't need to hide behind And it's it. It is just a doll. So now, Neil, cool. you just need to get a whole bunch of other friends of yours to, to jump in it as well. Um, and uh... Yeah. Is it, well, before Ben even, uh, a friend of mine had played uh, 11 and 14 online. When he is, he's, you know, he's quite into that. But uh, yeah, he's unfortunately stopped in recent years. So it was like, well, you know, There's you know some... I guess you won't know, so you wouldn't be able to. I was going to say, the refer friend is going on right now. No, the callback, <laughs> the, the refer friend is always going, but the callback campaign is what's yeah, currently that's live. It. Ah, that's it. So I could always say, hey, come back, play yeah. with me. Seven days Thanks. for free. He just has to update his game. Yeah, so you get seven days for free. You get golden feathers. Golden feathers can be used for no, like that, mounts and stuff. No, no that's the. Uh, um, do you get those for the callback campaign? Yeah, get five for the callback campaign. Okay. Because I know you get those for the uh, refer a friend as well. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, uh, you get cool, but they get silver feathers also. The point yeah. is, they will give you so many bribes. So many. Yes. <laughs> Please come back to our game. We give you stuff. Please. We give you I'm... love. I mean, I... They, they get us. Bribing us with cool looking stuff is the easiest way to get us to come back. Yeah. See, gotta keep the interest going. That's the way to do it. Of course. Well, thank you, Neil. I I, I loved hearing your uh, your take on this game, um, as to where you're at in it, and uh, 
I, I hope, you know, this was uh, helpful for you as, as it was for maybe our listeners as well. So again, thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to yeah. have you on maybe in the future, you know, as you get a little further on in the game and see if your opinions changed at all. <laughs> see if I've just gone mainline into just nitpicking all the little things. <laughs> or, or, or maybe you'll just get totally, you know, you'll hit a spot in the game and like, I have to keep playing. Oh my God, this is now amazing. I mean, because you have yet to get into the job system. You're still working on classes. Yeah, this is it. I'm very much in the infancy of it all. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, I, like, as I said, when you first started, Neil, yeah. once you be in the 2.0 MSQ, tell me and I'm going to buy you a boost. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, he's Look, saying... friends don't let friends do the patches between 2.1 and 2.5. But they're so good for establishing stuff. But they're very long. They are. You can always watch them on YouTube. Oh, man. You can go back to that uh, that YouTube channel that we used uh, last episode and watch I the, mean, the, the FFX IV, the movie. The actual also, thing. remember that you'll be able to replay it on New Game Plus as well. That's so. Yeah, I was about to say, the actual thing I'd suggest is using the New Game Plus when it comes along, because then you'll have a high-level character and you can stomp all the mechanical stuff. And you can just enjoy the story there. Because hmm. trust me, Neil, those are the worst. There's a lot of quests. <laughs> because they wanted to get padding done, because they were still not ready. You know, it was yeah. the first time. It just dragged on and on. So. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll be, I'd probably relent there, because you know, time is precious, as they say. So. Yeah. Yeah, That's not no, I, I'm willing to pay for you. Yeah, and I'm. I'm, I'm not going to skip Heaven's Ward, but just a realm reborn. Yeah. I, I yeah. am hoping for you though that the uh, the Titan quest line doesn't uh, adversely affect your uh, willingness to play either. So, don't scare the newbie. <laughs> I don't think time was that bad. We'll see. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see what Neil has to say when he gets opinions to that point. are mixed. Exactly. I, I didn't guess. mind either, but I know this is something about. And if anyone... I mean, it, you know, the di- well, she said it was not that great when we played, but now that everyone's more geared up, it won't be too bad. Yeah, they've made some quality of life changes, so it has improved. But as I was going to say, if anybody listening out there wants to share the, uh, their stories with us, like if, if you're a new player uh, just getting into the game and you want to share some of your anecdotes with us, you can always email us, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at phxdnradio. Um, we'd be more than happy to share your anecdotes and your stories as well. So, again, Neil, we really appreciate that and uh, hope you enjoy uh, Sarah's uh, lore segment. What do you got for us this week, Sarah? Ah, uh, so... Uh, I figured since we did have that uh, review session a little while back that people seem to enjoy and get a lot out of, and since we've got Shadowbringers coming up and lots of hints towards various things relating to it, I thought it was about time to do another review session, uh, refreshing our memory on some of the various content we've had in the past that's looking like it's going to be more and more relevant for the future. So today... Like elegance. Yes, in fact. Today... Our remedial review session is going to be on the Crystal Tower and the legacy of Allag. So we're going to be focusing on that Crystal Tower, that big spiring uh, tower in Mordona, starting from its construction in the Third Astral Era to its reappearance and exploration in the Seventh. This will be on the final exam, so take note. So, this is one where, once again, the Allagans did it. 
Circus Tower, that crystal tower, was constructed in the Third Astral Era, after the death of Emperor Zandi, but before his second reign. Zandi's descendants had at that point conquered the entirety of the three great continents, uh, Eorzea, Ulthard, and Ilsebard, and at that point the Allegan Empire's aims turned from conquest to try and improve the lives of its people. A circus tower was constructed initially as a solar power generator. Those crystal spires would catch and collect the light of the sun and turn it into energy. So essentially we're talking about a magical magitech equivalent of a solar power farm. Uh, now, this uh, provided the Empire with large amounts of power, with large amounts of cheap or free energy, and with that, the people of Allag were able to become more focused on leisure, having power to run machines, to develop technology, to do all sorts of stuff like that. That came at the expense of growth and development, leading to a large variety of problems and making the Empire become more and more decrepit. The technologist Amon decided that the way to solve this problem was to give the Empire a strong leader who would give the Empire purpose and focus again. And through much time and experimentation, occasionally on willing subjects, Amon developed revivification techniques that he used to revive and restore Emperor Zandi. Uh, after putting the uh, rest of the uh, royal family and their loyalists to death, uh, the revived Zandi immediately set Allag back on that path of conquest, taking the fight to the southern continent of Mericidia. Mericidia's protectors, the dragons, were the first to fall, chief among them the dawnworm Bahamut. The desperate peoples of the southern continent called forth their gods, uh, the primal summonings of which we are all familiar, and in turn Allag responded by developing the art of uh, summoning as we know it that the summoners practice, and eventually imprisoning those icons. Uh, interesting fact to note is that although none of those Mericidian tribes had uh, summoned icons before, several of them started doing it at around the same time, suggesting that some outside influence spread the knowledge of primal summoning. Hmm. I wonder who would do something yeah. like that. It Man, I wonder who would do that. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> now... Uh, in addition to that, uh, to Allag's summoners, they also established con contact with Voidsend, which would ultimately result in a pact between Zandi and a creature called the Cloud of Darkness. Allag would provide vessels that the denizens of the Void would be able to inhabit in the form of fresh Mericidian corpses. And then Tasty the, uh, corpses. Exactly. Not nice and full of ether, something that those void scent can use to get a purchase on this world. And those fresh new soldiers would happily continue the fight against Allag's foe. So for the Mericidians, each time one of their own fell, they were not only facing the loss of their own troops, but also a fresh new Allagan troop. That sounds very similar to a certain show that happened recently. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I'm like this is something that was done long ago, but it's no secret that uh, the lore team and uh, Koji in particular really likes Game of Thrones. It takes a lot of inspiration. Well, I mean, it's it's not just Game of Thrones yes. that's done something like this. It just, yeah, if you've seen yeah. the last episode, I just yeah, no spoilers, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, now uh, between the, uh, their summoners and the Void Scent reinforcements. 
Alag uh, defeated Bahamut for a second time, now returned as an icon. And like the other gods of Mericidia, Bahamut was imprisoned and sealed away to prevent his resummoning, but this time in a great iron sphere that was launched into orbit to serve as a device for collecting the rays of the sun, much like Circus Tower was, but in much greater quantity, not having to deal with the atmosphere uh, blocking and dispersing some of those sun's rays. Interesting. So Circus Tower was actually designed to absorb... Um, basically, it was a giant solar collector. Pretty yeah. much. Hence, uh, that's why I have my fairy on the expansions. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I've got a bit to talk about when we get but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, fun side note. This is why, even in modern times, it is pretty much impossible to get anywhere near Mercidia without getting violently attacked. They do not trust anyone at this point. Like, any attempt to explore Mercidia has been met with violence. The legacy of Alag, not a great one. Uh, but going back to our uh, neck of the woods, uh, Zande's madness had finally become too much for the people of Alag. Uh, his purpose in launching uh, this orbital power satellite was to gather enough energy uh, to open a great void gate, large enough for the cloud of darkness itself to come. Uh, the people of Alag rose up in revolt, uh, driving Zande and his supporters out of the Imperial Tower palace and into the crystal tower. Zande activated the satellite, uh, which began to beam its power down to the circuit tower in preparation for opening the void gate. While the, the tower itself had been reinforced in preparation for this increased energy flow, the ground around it had not. And that earth crumbled away, swallowing the tower and its occupants in a matter of moments and causing earthquakes throughout the realm that quickly destroyed the entirety of the Empire. You may remember from our last review session that this was the start of the Third Umbral Calamity. Uh, the sole remnant of the royal bloodline at this point, Princess Selina, realized that the threat posed by Zandi and the Crystal Tower had not ended. The tower had only been buried, not destroyed, and it could potentially emerge in a later age. That pact that uh, Zandi had formed with Cloud of Darkness would remain as long as the royal bloodline survived. And so, Selina used Allegan biotechnology to transfer that royal bloodline into a trusted ally who modern history only knows as Death. That bloodline survives to the present, often uh, signified by the Allegan Eye, a reddish color in, a, in one eye that we see in certain members of the Mikote Seeker of the Sun G-Tribe. So that establishes what happened back in the third uh, astral era when the tower was initially constructed and then buried. Jumping forward to the seventh umbral calamity, where in the wake of Bahamut's ravaging of the land, the crystal tower emerged from the depths rising above the landscape of Mordona. Once the Ultima weapon had been defeated and we had a little bit of breathing room to actually think about the other problems in the realm, uh, Sid Nangarlond became concerned with the danger that could be posed by other Allegan relics, and he requested that the Sons of St. Koinak, an archaeological team in, in Mordona, investigate the tower. 
uh, a fellowship was formed consisting of researchers from the Sons of St. Coinac, engineers from the Garland Ironwork, a student of Baldesion serving as a historian, and the hero who had defeated Gaius Van Baelsar. Uh, that would be us for most players. That fellowship, named Noah, after a famous archmage of Alag, began the treacherous work of making its way through the tower's defenses and the revived inhabitants. Uh, those of you who have played through the Crystal Tower storyline, this is what that uh, expedition consisted of. That fellowship was later joined by Une and Doga, themselves clones of two members of the royal family who had opposed Sandy's plan. As carriers of the royal bloodline, uh, these cloned Une and Doga were able to open the sealed circus tower. They also identified Garaha Tia, the student of Baldesian who was accompanying the expedition, as a carrier of the Allegan Eye and thus of the royal Allegan bloodline. At the top of the tower, the Fellowship fought and defeated the returned Emperor Zandi. But even that was not enough to remove the threat, as the tower continued to channel energy into creating that void gate for the cloud of darkness to enter our world. So, the Fellowship used the power in the Crystal Tower to open a smaller void gate, allowing us to enter the void and take the fight to the Cloud of Darkness. The Fellowship did succeed in defeating the Cloud of Darkness and breaking the pact, but Une and Doga were trapped in the void in the process, leaving Graha as the only holder of the Allegan bloodline. Concerned that the means to control the tower would be lost, Graha chose to seal himself in the tower as a guardian, putting himself into a deep sleep until the day that mankind reaches the heights as the Allegans once did. Now, that entire Crystal Tower storyline, as well as the history around it, is lifted almost entirely wholesale from Final Fantasy III, uh, the original NES one, not the one that was actually Final Fantasy VI that some of our uh, older players may remember. Final Fantasy III's backstory does include three students of the great sage Noah, Une, Doga, and Zande. Noah gives each a gift in the uh, backstory of the game. Zande's gift is mortality, for which he was not terribly grateful. Uh, he's driven mad by fear of his own death and drains the world's crystals of their power in order to upset the balance of light and darkness, causing the world to flood with darkness and time to free, which of course does prevent his own death in the process. Uh, in the prehistory of the game, he sets up base in the Crystal Tower and successfully drains the water and earth crystal. A portion of the world is torn loose by this, and it becomes a floating continent, taking the wind and fire crystals with it. But that uh, draining of the two crystals does freeze time on the surface of the world as Zande had wanted. In order to prevent the return of the other crystals to the surface, he does send monsters to attack the floating continent, which precipitates the, the monster attacks and the conflicts that start the actual Final Fantasy III game prop. When Zande is defeated in that game, a, the Cloud of Darkness appears, revealing that that great imbalance between light and dark has brought forth a flood of darkness that will return all existence to nothing. And there's enough references to Final Fantasy III in other Allegan-related things that I couldn't actually make a complete list of all of them. But some highlights. Uh, during the Crystal Tower questline, including the dungeon and battle music, 
a lot of the music that we hear from that is based on music from Final Fantasy III. Uh, in particular, I want to draw your attention to Eternal Wind, which is the overworld theme in Final Fantasy III. You can get that as an orchestrian role by collecting sheet music from all of the three raid areas. And another version of it shows up in the extended Shadowbringers trailer. At around 4 minutes and 40 seconds, when we sweep over the dancer and then up to the uh, crystal tower in the first, we do hear a remixed version of Eternal Wind. Given the association with the Crystal Tower, I'm pretty sure it's indicating that this is somehow related to our Crystal Tower. Uh, I also noted that the level 90 weapons we get from trading Beastmen Ritual Foci, those are Allegan relics that were found by the Sons of St. Coinock, like the Breakblade, or the Cognitome, or the Elfin Bow, and those are based on weapons found in Final Fantasy. Desh and Selina, uh, who came up in the plotline, as the final princess of Allag and as one of her trusted allies, are minor characters from the Final Fantasy. Even that wind-up Onion Knight that you can get as a minion, uh, it is a, a reference to the starting job class in FF3, and it's supposedly based on battle automatons that were used by Allag. So we do have this, as it's often described, a theme park version, uh, this kind of lifting wholesale of Final Fantasy III and dropping it into the Final Fantasy XIV setting. Now, some of this stuff does bear some uh, re-examination with the revelations that the Void is actually the th uh, 13th Shard that had just been stripped bare by a flood of darkness. The fact that the Crystal Tower was able to create a gateway to this world uh, does bear some consideration, especially given that we have uh, been given hints that we're going to be traveling to another world and been told to return to the Crystal Tower. The other thing that I want to highlight, while I was looking uh, up my notes for this, uh, was looking through the information about, uh, for instance, the various weapons, I found an interesting passage in the second lore book, uh, which has descriptions of various weapons. The Elfin Bow, which I'll go ahead and read the text to you. Let me see. Discovered by the Sons of St. Coinock amongst a cache of weapons, apparently seized by the Allegan Empire during their conquest of the three great continents. This particular bow is documented as having belonged to a tall, a lost race of tall, slender beings known as Elves. Some speculation has been made as to the Elves' relationship to modern-day Elysen, Yet evidence proving a definitive connection has yet to be found. Which, until we had a keynote uh, address a couple months ago, seemed more like an amusing footnote than anything else. And then we had... Uh, Klaus, are you able to put up an image in the stream? If not, we can just link them to it. We'll link it. Alright. So we do have the image, and Klaus, I'll go ahead and put this in the show channel for you. Oh, I don't have the of, that link, okay. Yeah. So, uh, an image that was presented at the keynote showing the different races on the source and the way those races are referred to on the first. Noting that Elves is, in fact, a name for the Elzen on the first. The fact that we have this weapon that was supposedly used by Elves, uh, that was retrieved by the Allegans, again, is starting to raise a lot of interesting questions. So you think possibility that they actually already visited the first through this? Maybe. 
or other it's, shards? It's unclear. The uh, we had always well, thought about... to have tested the. You remember he used it to go to the void, didn't he? To for the cloud darkness, he probably yeah. used it to test before he realized he could do it. Or maybe he was I, g going to other worlds and then ended up coming across the void later yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd always thought of the void as, okay, it's a special... So, okay, the Crystal Tower can reach the void, but the fact that the void is just another shard suggests that maybe the Crystal Tower has the power to open... sufficient power to open gates to other ones. Normally, yeah. that barrier between worlds is very strong, difficult to punch through, something where the strength of Calamity is needed to get through it, but it, maybe the Crystal Tower has enough to get through it? Hmm. It is... Unclear, but an interesting question. If the crystal towers, remember the uh, calamity is an unfocused power. But with the crystal tower being focused, maybe that's how it can do it. Or, it doesn't yeah, need or, as much because it's just like a beam of energy rather than just. Or maybe bleh. the fact that it's trying to open the equivalent of a pinhole instead of rip the entire barrier asunder. Yeah. Those these this is at this point complete speculation. Uh. It's more, we've got hints that I don't think were even necessarily intended for this. They were more just, hey, we're going to set out these baited hooks and maybe we'll be able to tie them to something in the <laughs> But it does suggest that maybe Ally did have uh, contact with other uh, worlds, which means that even if we go to the first, we may not be able to escape the Alligan's hand and everything. Uh, this also does continue to raise questions given that as previously mentioned, the split between the worlds happened somewhere around 12,000 years ago. Circus Tower was constructed somewhere around between five and 6,000 years ago. And yet we do have this uh, tower that appeared, according to the Shadowbringers uh, trailer website, describes it as having appeared relatively recently, I want to say. Let me find that exactly. There's... Eternal Wind really is a lovely piece. Sometimes I've just sung it while I was working. It's nice. Here we are. Uh, the Crystarium is this as a bustling city that developed around the Crystal Tower in the years following its sudden appearance in Lakeland. Hmm. So the fact that there was enough time for a city to develop means it's probably not something that happened just like in the last months. Uh, it describes it as years following maybe the... I'm not even going to try to speculate this... But it does seem that the Crystal Tower may be forming more of a link between the worlds than we expected, though that still raises a number of questions as to how and why. So yeah, that's our review session. I hope you all took copious notes. And if you do have questions about this or about any other topics that you'd like us to review coming up to Shadowbringers, please don't hesitate to drop us a line. Uh, Klaus is going to give us plenty of ways to contact us when we get to the show closing notes. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, Sarah. Though I do have to correct one thing. Uh, Onion Knight is, was not the starting class in Final Fantasy III. It was actually Freelancer that you um, started as. Uh, the Onion Knight is a, a class that you actually unlocked later on. That uh, depend 
Depends on if you're talking about the remake or the original Famicom. Okay, so the original, the, the freelancer was actually Onion Knight? Uh, the original, like the original one, the whole having the characters of Luneth, Raphael, Ark, and Ingus, mm -hmm. they were just three, uh, four nameless Onion Knights that all, you get to name them, but okay. they all are youth that drop in. So, and they all start off as Onion Okay, so cause in the in the remake that that when they finally brought it over to uh, the U.S., you know they were all freelancers, and Onion Knight was a job that was unlocked later on once you got uh, so many of the uh, crystals. Also, for Onion Knight, the level one gear was the best gear, right? Uh, in the remake, or well, the, in the I remake, remember, they didn't I, get I just to remember the, that they they were the most powerful job once they hit level ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. And their starting gear was like their best gear. It, it stats change once you reach level 99. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, as a side note, uh, the whole referring to them as onion is actually a thing from a Japanese slang. It's essentially meaning cheap. So like saying there and it's like, okay, kind of a cheap kind of junk. Which is why for most of it, they do have this incredibly low power. Their stats are very meager compared to other classes. I'm not quite sure why investing all that time and effort into them turns them into the strongest. That might have been another joke, but I know that... Well, that would be another team. joke at cheap, wouldn't it? Because cheap can also mean that it, it makes things easier. Maybe. But yeah, it was definitely more of like a, hey, here's this kind of cheap disc. All right. Well, that's interesting. Like I said, I didn't dig much into the original three, but like I guess I I played the um, the remake quite a bit. Yeah. I never actually played the remake, but uh, in my misspent youth, I messed around a bit with translations of various ROMs, and so I did actually play a bit of the original three. Cool. Well, it's like I found my PS One disc of six, um, and I forgot that the PS One version of six in Europe came with a demo of ten. <laughs> Which is so weird. Yeah. Because, um, but it's a time the PS2 when it was already out. Because it was like 2004. When, 2003, 2004, when we got Final Fantasy VI for the first time. Yeah, I know that just bundling in demos of a lot of the upcoming games was a common thing they did. I feel like on some cynical level it maybe was to try to drive sales. Because I'm pretty sure there were some games that people bought just to get them. Well, the, the, that was the weird part, though, the fact that the um, Final Fantasy VI was a PS1 title, but um, Final Fantasy X was a PS2 title, so you needed a PS2 to play it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure they knew that people would do it. Oh, yeah, because PS2 is backwards compatible, so... Yep. That's yeah. why they really get away with it. And Ragna, Sasuke, and Chad is actually pointing out a really good... Good thing that I forgot to mention, there actually currently is a Golden Week sale right now on Steam, and a lot of the Square Enix titles, including the Final Fantasies, are on sale. So if you want to pick some of those older titles up, most of them are DS ports, but uh, they're still fun to play. Hey, at least they're not the mobile ports. Well, yeah, actually, some of them are still, the mobile ports <laughs> as well. I am <laughs> still cranky at the Final Fantasy V uh, artwork. That. I still remember when they released Fantasy Seven PC version for the first time, and it had MIDI sounds. <laughs> wow! That's, yeah, yeah, the version on Steam a... until they patched it. 
Ah, memories. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode then, guys. Uh, If you liked what you heard, uh, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, YouTube, or whatever your preferred uh, way of catching podcasts is. Um, And if possible, make sure to leave us a rating or review. Um, It helps other people find the show and helps us to grow out in the community. Plus, we get to hear what you think of us, and we really do appreciate that. Um, And if you really dig the show, please consider subscribing here at Twitch. Um, You'll get access to all of the subscriber emotes and stuff like that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We're currently working to try and hit 50 sub points so we can unlock all the emotes. We did recently unlock our 25-point emote, which is the the Klaus emote. I don't know why you'd want to use that thing, though. It's pretty ugly. (laughs) Actually, I I thought it turned out pretty well. Um, And uh, if we can hit our goal of 50 sub points by the end of this month, um, we will uh, be doing some giveaways, and all subscribers will be getting a Phoenix Down Radio bumper sticker as well. So thank you so much for your support if you can do it. Um, otherwise, you can always look at uh, supporting us out at Patreon at patreon.com slash Radio, like our amazing friend Aurori Fenrir. Um, any proceeds we get, whether it's from here or from Patreon, go towards uh, covering some of the behind-the-scenes stuff like hosting costs and allows us to do some of those uh, fun uh, supporter incentives and stuff like that. But regardless how you support us, whether it's likes, retweets, uh, subscriptions, or anything like that, uh, we love interacting with you guys and hanging out with you. So thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, like I said, if you want to check out the backlog of uh, podcasts as well as some uh, interesting news articles, you can go to our website, phoenixdownradio.com. Uh, and if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, you can leave us an email, podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. Uh, like I said earlier, our Twitter account is at phxdnradio. And uh, if you want to check out uh, some videos on, on our YouTube page, you can check us out at youtube.com slash phoenixdownradio. And now is the time for... Greg Nasaki, uh, subscribing to Phoenix Town Radio. Thank you so much well, for that. Kane just gifted. Oh, Kane uh, gifted that to Sa- uh, Ragna. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. I saw the the pop up on the screen, and then I looked over into the chat and saw that it was Kane. So thank you so much, Kane, for uh, doing that. We really do appreciate it. Anyway, as I was saying, now it's time in the show where we do all our shout-outs. And Neil, since you are our guest, we would like you to go ahead and shout-out anything that you want to, like uh, your your um, your website, the your articles that you're doing, and how people can get a hold of you. Uh, yeah, um, in terms of getting a hold of me, well, I say Twitter at Nesco is N-E-Z-Z-K-O. That's uh, a website you want to go to for my stuff is bloody disgusting slash video games. Uh, which basically covers all of our articles, news pieces on that. Lots of bloody horror theme stuff. Obviously, we just went to see, play uh, Borderlands 3 as well. So there's a big interview on that and a big uh, thing on the stuff we played preview-wise as well. Um, so, yeah, please do check that out. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We've really had a great time having you on. Yeah, it was lovely to be on. Thank you. Indeed. Who would like to go next? Chili. Uh, fine. Uh, shout out to She Hills I Tank at twitch.tv slash She Hills I Tank. They're back from their, their cruise. They went on a nice little cruise together. Uh, shout out to Master Radio. Go check them out at twitch.tv slash Master Radio. Shout out to Klaus and Sarah at Phoenix Down Radio. Go check them out at phoenixdownradio.com. Uh, 
also shout out to um to neil for joining us tonight thank you that's it uh go check out bloody disgusting it's bloody dash disgusting.com correct yeah that is correct yeah that is correct bloody dash disgusting.com go follow them on all the things and what about that other podcast that you have chili something with uh, uh um some moogles and going around oh yeah go check out um <laughs> <Nick-Nar>. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to nick nar yeah for shout out to nick nar nah i i couldn't read what it said oh there you go shout out to chili because chili are thank you nick nar yes and he also donated six out to uh cherry yes Ooh. So thank you. Oh yeah, shout out to Tasty Peach Studios because I'm going to be making a guest appearance on the stream on the 11th of May. Oh, cool. So go check them out, Tasty Peach Studios. By the way, it's an art stream. Nothing lewd. Don't just because you, it has you, that name. You'll you'll find a way to make it lewd. <laughs> Life finds a way. But but, but, but do be nice a peach because it's just a peach. But do be. Yeah, that's why that's why she named it Peach. She actually talked about it in the, stri- the stream today. The fact that as a kid she always loved peaches, and she actually thought of the name of the the company when she was ten. So, anyway, yeah, I am done. Well, I threw a couple more shoutouts in the chat for you as oh, well thank because you. you need to check out PSU Live and Google Go Round Radio because they oh. are good stuff as well, and the Pauls on the Google yeah. Go Rounds. So yes, Sarah. All right. Uh, let's see. Shout out to my friend Derek, who spent way too much time hunting monsters with me and encouraging me to uh, stay up way too late for that. Shout out to my friend uh, Ariana, who just likes to hang out and sing a lot, and is along with Klaus encouraging me to maybe start singing at you people. <laughs> uh, oh, they, do they play uh, Twitch sings as well? No, Ariana just likes and invites people to hang out with her and Well, I can I, that's a good thing, so yeah. Yes. Uh shout out to my wonderful co-hosts, uh Klaus and Chili, uh for continuing to make this an enjoyable experience, making it really fun to come share my love of the game with you, share my love of the lore with you. Uh shout out to America's Test Kitchen for providing a really awesome recipe for steak tips and mushroom onion gravy I did with some friends the other week. Uh, shout out to everyone listening for putting up with this unfocused rambling. I had an idea of what I want to say. I totally did. Oh, and shout out to Rockel because he's never going to hear it. But I like to that. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Twitter at F-F-F-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R where I mostly post a pictures of random interesting stuff that I cooked or fun stuff that I found while I was at the library or occasional musings about nothing in particular. All right. And as always, I have to shout out to my wonderful co-host, Sarah and Chili. Thank you again for uh, keeping this uh, insane thing going, you know, as we uh, make our uh, approach to a hundred episodes and four years of podcasting. I still can't believe that. Oh my gosh. Oh, four years. That's cute. (laughs) <laughs> Shout outs to Neil for joining us this week. I really appreciate that. 
Thank you. I'm going to throw a shout out to uh, the, the guy who was supposed to be joining us as well tonight, uh, Tim. Uh, he had something else come up and uh, he couldn't join us. So uh, we'll have to try and get you on another time. So shout out to you. Hopefully everything is going well for you. Uh, shout out to Ragnasaski because uh, that's the, the guy I met at uh, Detour uh, just randomly in an elevator, like he pointed out in the chat and uh, ended up uh, dragging him in here. So thank you for <laughs> for sticking around and, uh, and and enjoying your time here. Shout out to Kane for uh, going to Detour as well and ha- making it a really amazing time. <laughs> Kane, yes, I'm the only one celebrating 40 right now. So <laughs> you got to point it out, don't you? Rude. <laughs> um, and uh, shout out, uh, the biggest shout out to uh, Menfina's Madness, uh, the uh, Blitzball tournament coming up starting next week. Um, oh, damn it. Yeah, I wanted to shout them out too. They're doing good work. Yes. Uh, go check them out at uh, menfinamadness.org. And uh, if you want to support the, uh, um, the charity to write love on her arms, Make sure to go support the Kugane Koban Crushers and uh, let us crush all of our opponents and raise a lot of money doing it. So um, thank you so much for all of that, guys. Um, so again, for my co-hosts, um, uh, Sarah and Chili. Also, Ragnar Sasuke is saying they're hanging out with fish in the FC house. <laughs> Where yes. is this fish? Like, I must actual- find it. <laughs> and the fish are saying, make sure to follow Phoenix on radio. You should listen to the fish. So eh, that for, seems possible. For our guest, Neil Bolt. Praise the fish. For my co-hosts, Sarah and Chili, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thanks again for joining us. Take care. Praise the other fish. What? Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Town Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Over the music for Phoenix Town Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash GuitarWanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Town Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.